Hey, what's up, y'all? Hope all is well. You are tuning into Big Tech Energy. My name is Jared Alberton. If you don't know me, my whole goal in my life right now is increasing diversity in tech through education, access to resources, and interviewing some of the people in, in my internet work that are killing it in the tech space, whether they are making a ton of money as tech employees or they are changing the world as tech startup founders. Uh, I'm definitely understanding what is their energy, what is their mindset, what was their execution strategy and what is the advice that they would give you the listener so that they can replicate the success that they've had my name is jared alberton and welcome to big tech energy i'm not gonna steal his thunder i'm actually gonna pass the mic to lander and let you introduce yourself yeah man appreciate you having me man jared is a beast uh we met when clubhouse first launched man like literally i think first week um i think it might have took you maybe like a month after that to start those tech rooms yeah, yeah. I mean, the, when we met, I was just doing tech rooms every day, yeah. and I went from like eighty followers to thirty thousand in like it was crazy two months. And yeah. I seen it, man. It was crazy. So I'm proud of you, bro, for starting the podcast, um, running the tech rooms, just staying consistent because a lot of people don't do that. Facts. So appreciate, appreciate you, it. no doubt, man. But yeah, I'm Leander Howard the uh, second, founder of Spark Your Resume, which is an online resume writing company that transitioned into a startup. So I co-founded a startup along with Hans Larami, Brandon Mitchell, and Ahmed Nath. Um, they were running brand resumes at first. So we were actually competitors and yeah. then, you know, turned into collaborators, which is crazy. Um, but Rice is an all-in-one business solution helping freelance writers, coaches, and teams pretty much streamline and automate their business. And then we're also doing something called managed career services. So this is pretty crazy. I think this is how we really raised our money. Um, so we're going to job boards and saying, okay, you bring in 80 million visitors a month like a zip recruiter. Why don't you offer resume writing services, LinkedIn services, cover letter services to your visitors? They're like, okay, let, let's, let's talk more. And I'm like, all right, cool. So we're like, okay, we spin up our own career services, white label for zip recruiter. So now zip recruiter has career services. We take a percentage and then they keep, you know, 70, 30 split, whatever. Um, and then we manage the whole thing because we have the software to scale. So that's what Rice is. It was built for resume writers and career coaches at first. Uh, but now we're scaling to more like teams, writing and editing teams, staffing agencies, even some lawyers are using Rice right now. So it's a pretty big use case. Um, but that's how we really, really raised our money because dominating that career services market, man. A lot of people need help getting jobs. A lot of people need help, you know, positioning themselves, marketing themselves better online to recruiters using hiring platforms like ZipRecruiter. So it was a double use case to like, hey, you can generate more revenue, but also um, improve your client experience. Because as you know, job boards make money off job listings. So they'll make money by Adobe coming to ZipRecruiter, right? And coming and paying them X amount of dollars to post a job per month. But they weren't monetizing the side of the job seekers actually needing the help to put themselves out in the market and be a quality candidate. So that's where we come in. Okay, bet, bet. So we're definitely going to dive really deep into Right See, not only the business model and how you help, you know, solve that problem, but also the process of, you know, putting together the pitch deck and yeah. uh, finding the investors and yeah. um, then landing the investors and then the strategy of actually, um, you know, putting it to fruition. But when it comes to like, your first introduction to tech, yeah. um, you know, talk about that. How did you break into tech? And one thing that I like about your story is, and I try to emphasize a lot of people trying to get into tech yeah. is that you can get into tech with a non-tech role and you can exactly. understand, um, you know, the tech space, but also get the benefits of a tech company, especially a top tech company, like the one you work for. So right. talk about your break into tech. 
Yeah, so I graduated from Georgia State University in May of 2020 with two degrees, one in marketing and finance. I had a couple of internships like at Wells Fargo and Arthur Blanks Foundation um, before graduating. And then I went on my, you know, senior year looking for jobs and everything like that. And it landed a job at Adobe as a financial analyst um, February of 2020, actually. And then I started August of 2020. But how I got into Adobe, man, was really networking, like leveraging LinkedIn, reaching out to people on LinkedIn, um, sending them my resume, following up, scheduling interviews, um, being able to articulate my skill sets and values from my previous internships to land an offer. So actually... My third interview at Adobe, they actually flew me out to San Jose um, to see the headquarters and everything like that. You know, butter you up and all that good yeah, stuff. That good old tech stuff. <laughs> right, right, right. And then um, I actually brought a presentation I did at Wells Fargo. So I had like a, a project that I did at Wells Fargo to show like I was able to create, you know, something from scratch. And I showed that to Adobe. I brought collateral. And most people don't bring collateral. Like they're just talking about their experience. But it's different when you actually show you can actually execute. And I literally got hired on the spot, bro. Like, before I left, the recruiter told me I had the job. So I'm like, oh, that's a bet. <laughs> that's crazy. But it worked out, man. And um, I would say I, I'm not technical at all. Like, I have a marketing and finance degree. I cannot code <laughs> worth anything. <laughs> I use all the no-code tools, right, <laughs> all the AI stuff. But I have no technical background. And I think what people got to understand is that if you, like, if you are working in tech, it's still a business. So they have sales, they have marketing, they have ops, they have finance, they have HR, they have legal, like all businesses have those departments. So you don't need a technical background to work at a tech company. The only thing you do need to understand is the actual product to sell it if you're in sales or if you're in marketing, product marketing. That's the only thing that's really changed it from the beauty industry to the tech industry is the product. So as long as you understand business, like you're in tech sales, it's most definitely different than retail sales, right? Um, like terminology and things like that, but sales is sales yeah. at the end of the day. Like you either got it or you don't. Um, so I think when people understand, like just because you work in tech doesn't mean you have to be technically, um, you're not, you're not the, you don't have to have a tech background to to work in tech. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And you need my story. I'm not in tech as well. Right. I mean, I wasn't technical, don't know coding. Right. If you ask me to code something or jump Couldn't off a building, it. I'm going to hit the ground <laughs> real fast. Uh, but yeah, it's about being able to solve business problems Facts. and also adding to the bottom line and whatever skill set you have. And it could be, you know, anything. So you were what, a financial analyst? Yes. Oh, I didn't say my bad. Yeah, I was a financial analyst. I worked at Adobe for about shoot, 13 months. Got it. But um, while you were there, you entrepreneurial spirit um, decided to start a business. And I think what you brought up so like very kind of matter of factly and really quickly, and I don't want people to miss over it, is how strategic you were when it came to getting the job at Adobe uh, in terms of um, building a brand out on LinkedIn. So when recruiters uh, search for somebody like you, you would pop up. Yep. Um, utilizing your network to get referrals or do informational interviews. For sure. So just talk a little bit more about yeah. your strategy and then how that motivated you to create Sparky Resume. True. Most def. Uh, thanks for bringing that up. Yeah. So when I was searching for jobs, I applied to like 150 plus jobs when I, my senior year. And I thought I had really good experience. Like I worked at a Wells Fargo, interned at Arthur Blanks, pretty reputable companies, right? Um, but it didn't work out that way. Like I was shocked. I'm like, man, I'm applying to all these jobs. Why am I not getting any interviews or getting any callbacks for full-time opportunities? And it made me realize that you got to be somebody that people want to know. And people don't know what you want or who you are unless you tell them. Yeah. So 
that's when I started really vocalizing the things I've been through, the things I were doing, just documenting the process just publicly. So I'm posting content without a business, having a business on LinkedIn. I'm talking about what you can do with your resume, how you can network. And I started building the following. Yeah. 6,000, 10,000, things like that coming on LinkedIn. I'm like, okay, people actually need this content. Okay, cool. And then everybody, you know, when it, if you want to start a business, I tell people to focus on get, getting your first customer. Don't focus on the logo, domain, all that good stuff. When I first started Spark Your Resume, bro, I posted about Instagram story. Hey, I'm doing resumes. Here's my cash app. <laughs> like, yeah. validating my product, right? Will people buy this? And it doesn't, it doesn't have to be expensive. My resumes were like $50, $75, starting out, you know? I'm just trying to see, will people pull out their credit card to pay me for this service? That should be your first goal, period, when you're starting a business. But when it came to getting a job, man, it was... More so just networking, really reaching out to the right people. So reaching out to people that have the same position titles as me. So I was reaching out to financial analysts. I'm reaching out to recruiters. I'm trying to find hiring managers. And I'm pitching myself all day long. Like, hey, I'm Leander Howard II. I have a double major in finance and marketing. Here are my three main attributes. And here's what I've done over my previous experience. My resume is attached to learn more about who I am. Can we schedule a call? And most people don't even ask that. Right. Your goal should be to schedule a meeting. Point blank period. I'm not asking all these questions in messaging because they can leave you on red. Yeah. Never really reply. My goal is to get a yes, no response. Can we meet or can we not meet? And that's it. Once you get on the meeting, then you can go into more detail about who you are and what you do and be prepared. Like have 10, eight to 10 questions to kind of outline the conversation. Like come in prepared and have a goal of meeting these people because everybody busy no that's big facts yeah. um so you got an, uh you know adobe as a financial analyst i yeah. know you weren't there for that long because right. your business you know went off but like what were some of the things that you know you took away from being at a tech company and you yeah. know things that might be helpful for the listeners yeah man so i was actually running spark your resume before I got to Adobe. So I started at April 2020. I started Adobe August of 2020. So I was running for about three, four months before um, I actually got there. But when I got there, Adobe's a billion-dollar company. I literally have access to everything they have. I'm studying the org chart. Who's the CEO? Who's the CEO? What's the exec team look like? Who's underneath them? What are the roles? What are the job titles? I still got those written down in my Google, my Google Docs. Right. You know what I mean? Because I'm trying to get there. We're trying to build a billion-dollar tech company. So why not use the blueprint in front of me? Mm-hmm. And they're a billion-dollar tech company right now. Everybody knows what it well, Not everybody, probably, but most people know what Adobe is. Yeah, most people do. Right? Yeah. So I'm studying the game because I'm, I literally have access that other people don't have. I know what the SDRs are doing. I, I know how many meet, you know emails the CEO may send out, how many town hall meetings, what's the outline of the town hall meetings, why are we having them, what's the cadence, right? What are people getting out of this? How many meetings my manager might have with me every quarter or monthly, whatever, because now I'm a manager. I got a team now. How do I want them to execute, right? And some things they might have did right, some things they might have did wrong. But I'm taking both and running with it. So I'm learning from the failures that we had and the wins and seeing, okay, don't make these mistakes when when you're building a tech company. Do this instead because they already tried it and it didn't work. Yeah. So. That's really what I learned by working at Adobe, bro, is like how to run a billion-dollar company. 
if I'm being honest. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Nah, you're just entrepreneur, hundred percent, hundred percent. I'm I'm in there. I'm I'm in all the resources, bro. Trainings, development, yeah. seeing what benefits they offer, how they offering it, what companies they're using, all of that. Yeah, and the reason why I call this show Big Tech Energy, besides obvious play on words, is I'm really about, when it comes to my network, the people I surround myself with, they have like an elite level mindset. For sure. uh, Elite level work ethic. For sure. And elite level curiosity when it comes to research. So like everything you just said, I could feel your your energy, your conviction, (laughs) how excited you were to learn about this stuff, and how you're like, man, I'm going to take this and I'm going to apply it. Like I'm not playing. No facts. Um, and I love the fact that you said that you had like 150 interviews because I need people to understand like you're going to deal with a lot of rejections. Yes. You're going to deal with a lot of learning curves and experiences when yeah. it comes to how to reach out, how oh, to yeah. position your resume, your LinkedIn, how to network your way in. But it's about persistence and it's also about leading with value, which I think you always try that's, to do. That's key. Um, and that's major. That's key. Now, I will say, man, it's. The no's just leads you to more yeses. Yeah. So the quicker you can get them, the quicker you'll get to your yes, man. So try to get to those no's as quick as possible. I've been rejected a thousand times, bro. A thousand. Yeah. <laughs> Probably more than that, you know? But the yeses outweigh the no's, man. So just keep hustling. All right. Yeah. That's what's up. So I really want to get in the right seat. But before yeah. we do, I want to drop some gems for the folks since you created a business about resumes, yep. um, what are some of the like key things that you would outline in terms of how to make your resume super successful to get the most opportunities? Yeah, most def. Um, I think making it succinct to the point is most definitely key. Format too, right? Because people see before they hear, right? So if your resume just looks sloppy, I probably will never read it or not interested in reading more. Right. So make sure it looks presentable. Especially because right? recruiters and hiring managers look at it for how long? Like maybe a couple seven seconds, seconds? Seven seconds. Max. Yep. I mean, that's anything though. If I'm look, if I see a pretty girl on the street, right, I might double take after I see she attractive. Yeah. Same, the same rule applies. It's all marketing. So just like ads, you see an ad, you look at it for seven seconds probably, not probably not even that before you skip it or you're interested. Same, same rule applies. So make it attractive, make it to where somebody can easily understand what you're trying to, the message you're trying to convey. And then when it comes to the content, you know, of course, first name, last name, that should be the biggest thing on the paper. It's about you and only you, right? People should know who, who they're reading about. Um, contact information, have a valid email address, phone number, so people can contact you. Hyperlink your LinkedIn URL. Have an about paragraph that tells people who you are, what you do, and how you plan on bringing value to the organization. Highlight the top 15 hard skills. I like to say hard skills more than soft skills because at the end of the day, I'm hiring you to do a job. I can learn about your soft skills more during the interview. Anybody can say they're good at leadership. That's kind of irrelevant on the resume. I want to know, do you have the technical acumen to do the job you're applying to in the discussion? And then when it comes to your experience, you know, highlight your accomplishments, right? So start off with a strong action verb, identify the task or project completed, and then highlight the achievement or outcome of that task or project. You want to paint a clear picture. I call it like the XYZ formula. Um, paint a clear picture to the recruiter or hiring manager on how you plan on bringing value to the company based on your previous experience. Once you do that, man, I think you'll be, you'll see a lot more success when it comes to getting more interviews. And then also take the next step in connecting with those people on LinkedIn if you do have their information or find the people at the company that you can connect with, recruiters, hiring managers, and the people that are in the position you want to work in. So if I'm looking to apply for a financial analyst role, I'm looking up people that are financial analysts at that company I'm applying to. 
and sending them connection requests. Hey, I'm interested in this financial analyst position. I see you're a financial analyst. Would love to learn more about what you do and who you are and how you got into this role. Would you be open to scheduling a 15-minute call? Boom, done. And run the play. Yeah, yeah. And then when it comes to LinkedIn, what is the advice you have for LinkedIn? Man, LinkedIn is, I think it's more important than the resume. Absolutely. Honestly and truly. Um, it's where you can actually connect with people, right? Your resume is only seen if you apply to a job. But your LinkedIn profile is working for you 24-7 because it's a search engine. So I have access to LinkedIn Recruiter now, bro. I see it. Like, it's over 100 million people open to work on LinkedIn. Mm. Literally. Like, it's crazy. Um, and that's how recruiters are finding people that are open to work, right? They're using LinkedIn Recruiter to find these people. So optimize your profile. Make sure it's keyword optimized based on the positions you're looking for. I mean, the job description is giving you free game on what keywords they're looking for, what what activities or what um, responsibilities they're looking to fulfill for this role. Like a job, a job posting is literally just a cry for help. That's yeah. it. I need help. I need somebody that can do X, Y, Z. How can I optimize my profile to fit that description on LinkedIn? So when people do come to your profile, you have a nice headline. You're telling people who you are, what you do, and how you how you how you can help them um, build their organization. And then you want to make sure your title is in there because people are like recruiters use titles, so it can be a little ambiguous. Um, like senior software engineer versus just software engineer, you know things like that. Um, so I would say make sure you have the the main keywords, so like software engineer. In your headline um, to to get recognized on LinkedIn, and then skills endorsements. Um, your about paragraph is key because I think you can have like twenty six hundred characters for your about paragraph. So make it about you, but also include like your skills. And one hack I will say is uh, put your skills in your about section, at least the top ten, because your skill section is at the bottom of your LinkedIn profile. So I won't really see them until. I scroll all the way down to the bottom. So yep. I would say highlight at least the top 10 skills. And that way it's searchable as well. Gotcha. Yeah. And have a good profile headshot. Yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, how many followers you got on LinkedIn right now? Uh, 27,000. Okay, cool. Yeah. So I brought that up because how important is it to build a personal brand beyond, you know, what you're known for at your job? No, most most definitely important, man. Um, you can lose your job today and they'll probably find somebody to replace you in the next 30 days. Right. So don't think you are your job title. Um, think more of who do I want to be like, what do I want to be known as? So for myself, for example, I want to be known as one of the best marketers in the world. That's my goal. Right. So I'm striving every day to make that happen. Um, now, marketing is very broad. Right. So I could even niche that down to where I want to be the best lead generation person you go to on how to find your ideal customer um, and get them to capture their attention and get them to pay for your product or service. Right. That's what I want to be known for. Uh, but I think everybody needs to think that way, whether you're working a nine to five or you're a founder or whatever, because your job title can change. You might you might stop the company. Right. You might sell the company. But who are you at the end of the day? Yeah. What do people what are people going to know you for? Right. So that's your personal brand. How do how do people talk about you when they see your face and you're not around? Right? Yeah. Or how are they promoting you to other people? That's your personal brand. When you're not in the room. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And it's important, man, because. People are going to talk regardless. It's word of mouth marketing. So um, you want to make sure they're saying good things and it aligns with what the brand you are actually building. And if it doesn't, then that's your brand, not not what you think it is. Your brand is what people say about you, not what you think it is. Yeah, yeah. Now, I'm super, super grateful that the pandemic forced me into building a personal brand. brand. Nah, man, for real. Um, but just like you, it's like I didn't necessarily – 
I didn't care about what I was known as. I really cared about how many people I could impact. For sure. And um, but you're doing the exact same thing sure. in the sense of like you're showing people how to do it, uh, but also you're providing a service that changes people's lives as well. For sure. And it's an even exchange when it comes to the resumes and the LinkedIn and all that. For sure. So I would just say to the people listening to this, like really focus on how can you add value to the most people. Um, yep. and what can you, uh, share that you're passionate about? Cause people will feel that passion, um, that will add value to people's lives. And if you got that, you're in good shape. Um, and niche down too. like, you can't be uh, the jack of all trades. So like for me, like I could be trying to help everybody in tech, but nah, I want to help black people get into tech. Um, like that, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, and, facts. um, I want to, you know, and that, and that's what it is. Um, and I have that niche. That's my focus. People know me as that. Right. So if there's an opportunity for black people to get into tech, I should be probably one of the top five people they think about. Yeah. Uh, because of the consistency. For sure. So yeah, 100%. create that personal brand, man. Um, 100%. And then, you know, once I get my hundred podcasts in, I'll be known as the oh, the, yeah. the guy of the podcast, you know what I'm saying? The uh, black sure. tech version of EYL, you for know what sure. I mean? For sure. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I like that. Um, so yeah, anyways, man. I got to speak in existence, by for the sure. way. Um, one like of the mindset it. things is abundant mindset, obviously, but speak and think about the things that you want to happen. So I'm sure while you're at Adobe, you're at Sparky yeah. Resume, you spoke this right C into existence. So, um, so before we get into the right C, just want to talk about spark your resume. Where, like what was the growth like yep. and what were the things that you did that helped grow it to a place where, you know, right C eventually became a thing. Yeah, man. So, oh, man, that's a good question. So spark your resume, man, how I really grew it. Um, we started over a thousand. We had a thousand customers in two and a half years. Which is crazy. Um, but what I will say is cold email, man. Like, I wasn't trying to spend money on ads. <laughs> I was trying to get customer acquisition costs as low as possible, right? So I'm li- I figured out a way to, like, scrape emails from LinkedIn and find job seekers and get their personal email and cold email them. And I'm talking about, bro, we'll get 20, 30 replies a day. Like, yes, I'm interested. Yes, I'm job searching. I'm looking for a new opportunity, blah, blah, blah. And it will schedule a meeting. Schedule a meeting. Get them to convert. We closed three out of ten people that we talked to. So 30% conversion rate. Um, 70% show up rate. So that's how I do like my numbers. So you got, you know, booked appointments. Seven out of ten people show up. Out of those seven out of ten, two buy. Two or three buy. Um, which is pretty pretty solid, like industry average. Um, a little, probably a little bit above. But that's that's really how we grew man it was cold email and linkedin like i think that's really all you need to really grow a business bro because linkedin is the number one b2b platform um and email is everybody got an email yep. <laughs> so if i want if i want to get to somebody directly i'm using email and and linkedin to build social authority so my linkedin profile is optimized so they'll come to my profile see who i am and then now they see me in the email and if i did if I did run ads, they'll see me retargeting on Facebook and Instagram as well, which I did at you know at one point in time. But um, and it worked. Like people were booking appointments, people were replying to emails, people were connecting with us on LinkedIn and purchasing packages. Um, and then from there, we just seen a bigger opportunity, man. What like I said for managed career services, and that's how kind of right seat came about. Like we're about to build a thousand Sparky resumes with job boards, mm. right? So now it's like okay, they got the traffic. Like I said, I didn't want to spend money on ads. Job boards already got the traffic, but they're not offering any services. Or they don't have the domain expertise to offer services. We've built pretty decent resume writing and career coaching businesses over the past three years. 
I know what we're doing. So now we go to the job boards. Hey, 70-30 split, 80-20 split. Y'all do no work. We spin up the whole services. Y'all get paid every month. Mm. Off the traffic you already bringing that you're not monetizing off of. Mm. Kind of for illegal. I ain't going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. But it's it's dope, man. Um, that's that's what like everything I built with Spark Your Resume is literally transferring over to Ricey. Like all the marketing strategies I have, cold emailing, lead generation. I'm, that's how we're booking demos for the SaaS side. Enterprise deals. We, we reaching out to job boards. Like all of that stuff is it's just coming together, man. So and it was hard to close Spark Your Resume. You know what I'm saying? It was like, man, first business, my baby, you know what I mean? But at the end of the day, man, I had to check my ego and really think about why am I here? Why am I doing this? Where, what are my goals? Yeah. Man, I'm trying to be worth 20 mil by the time I'm 35. Yeah. <laughs> That's the goal. Yeah. And I, th- I think, honestly, it would be worth more, bro. You know what I mean? Because just for, for the for people that don't know, how old are you currently? 25. 25. So I got 10 years. Got 10 years. Nah, man, you're going to get that in about half that. I hope so. That's the goal, but really 30. Yeah. I say 35 or 30. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. where we're going. But we're trying to have, you know, we're trying to build build the business to where it's scalable. It's attractive to somebody that want to come and acquire us. Yeah. That's, we, we, we on a mission. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's clear as day. The whole team know it. Like, it's no secrets. Like, we're most definitely trying to get acquired. Uh, membership in Black and HR means community and being a part of a culture of like-minded individuals. Um, you have a culture within a culture, especially in the Black community, and Black and HR is that professional culture. We have fun, we laugh and joke about things that are related to us in the workplace, but we also have serious aspects as well where we help each other grow. Um, and it's just one of those places where I can go to any time of the day, pose a question, and I'm gonna get all type of answers, but I'm gonna get support. Um, and we all work together to give advice, to give insight, um, to share tips. Um, the networking is amazing. The people that I've spoken to have allowed me to learn things about myself that I didn't know. Um, so what does that do? When I go to my next interview, I have that confidence uh, when I walk in to be able to explain and, and speak on what I've done in the past and, and prove that I am the person for the job. Yeah, for sure. Microsoft, LinkedIn. Hey, Microsoft, LinkedIn. This, you know what I mean? My people, you know, you know? keep your eye on right keep, keep, keep your eye on Ricey, man. We about to turn up. Yeah. For real. Yeah. So <laughs> so, uh, so, a lot of startup founders are going to be, like, watching this. And yep. they're going to be like, you know, what were the steps to Ricey yep. um, acquiring funding? Yep. So, just talk about that journey of saying, like, spark your resume and um, your former competitors coming yeah. together. Yeah, yeah. Like, how did this idea come about? And then, like, how long was the process and what was the process of building the pitch deck and taking these meetings and doing what you needed to do? Yeah, man, it was it was crazy, man. So how I met Brent. So Brandon Mitchell is the founder and CEO. And then Hansla Rami is our co-founder as well. But he's the CTO. And then Ahmed Nath is a co-founder as well. He's the VP of sales, director of sales. So those three guys were running brand resumes. And uh, that was another resume writing company. And then I was running Spark Your Resume. I met Brandon because he was on EYL. So he had an episode on EYL. One of my homies hit me up. I'm, I remember this day like it was yesterday. I was at LA Fitness. I'm on the treadmill. My, my homie called me. He was like, yeah, I know you started Spark Your Resume. Listen to this guy, Brandon, man. He just, you know, he made like 250K first year. I'm like, okay, bet. Say less. Send me the episode. Listen to him. Love the episode. Bro was a genius. 
hit him up on on Instagram. Connected with him, told him I, told him I was starting Spark Your Resume. Took me under his wing. Told me everything to do. Get on LinkedIn, ProFinder, which is like a marketplace to send us leads for like resume services and things like that. Um, do this, like get this CRM, do this. Uh, this is how you you know attract customers. Here's some proposal templates. Here's a contract template. Just give me the game. And knowing I'm competing with him pretty much, I respected that. Yeah. Because a lot of people wouldn't do that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, and then from there, bro, I'm giving them game. Yo. I got the CRM you might need to help with marketing. He watching me doing my thing with Spark Your Resume. First, I think the first year I was working at Adobe, I, I, I made my, I'm going to make like 85K at Adobe. So I made 85K my first year at Spark Your Resume. Second year, probably, I think we doubled that. I was like, okay, this might be something I can, you know, do on the side or make it full time. And he just saw the growth. Like year over year, we growing. I'm like, and I ain't really got a big team. I had like admins, you know, a resume writer, maybe somebody in sales. Um, but doing like 350, 350K a year. So I'm like, okay. He's like, okay. Man, we need you for Ricey. I'm building this tech platform. It's coming out in six months. And I want you to come be our chief marketing officer. I had to think about it, man. I was like, man, I can't even do it. And I said that probably like three times. I was like, I can't even do it, bro. I got my own business. I got to keep doing this. He was pissed. Yeah, I think he had fired a couple people already. Yeah. So it was crazy, man. But then, but everything happens for a reason, man. Um, and then like three months after that, we finally signed a deal. I flew out to like New Jersey, went to Bayonne to meet him and Hansland person, signed some papers, you know, closed the deal, all that good stuff. Um, and got got to work in March, man. And then that's when we started fundraising because he had me there to kind of like, you know, book appointments for us, do some sales calls, things like that. So he was mainly doing the fundraising. I helped out a little bit, like the pitch decks and things like that. But what I will say, it took us nine months to raise the capital. We probably took upward 200 meetings. Mm. Easy. Yeah. <laughs> if if not more, bro, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I think we might have reached out to like maybe I think like 50 to 60 VCs. Mm. Um, collab was the first one. I called it, too. I told Brandon, I said, bro, Collab is going to invest in us. I said that from like, I think three months before they even invested. I said, Collab is going to invest in us. And they were in Atlanta. Justin went to my college. Like Justin, me and Justin went to the, to the same school. Both went to Georgia State. He got his degree in uh, marketing as well. And when you say Justin, Justin? Justin who? Dawkins, my bad. Oh, okay, Justin Dawkins. He's a, he's a partner at Collab. Bet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he went to Georgia State with me, got the same degree. So we, you know, we chopping it up, walking the same stomping grounds, Build right? Rapport, yeah, yeah. Building rapport. Uh, but I was like, man, Collab is going to invest invest in us, and they invested in us. I think like thirty to forty five days after the first initial meeting, that was our first lead. Cause we had like Visible Hands, Expert Dojo, which was like our accelerators, hundred k there, twenty five k here, things like that, but not a lead investor. Collab came in. I think this was May or like June. They came in and then a Tenso Capital, Brandon had went to like Tulsa with visible hands. And that's when he got introduced to a Tenso Capital, which is the investor in Tulsa. They gave us one mil mm. and they went out there. He built report with them, came back. We had a couple follow up meetings and the pitch deck. We switched the pitch deck from talking about the SAS to more so unlocking revenue for job boards. Yeah. And when we said that done. Yeah, people saw everybody the vision. Want, everybody wanted in. Yeah. Everybody wanted in. They're like, oh, yeah, this is genius. Because it makes sense. And that's why I said it feels it feel illegal, bro. Like, they got all the traffic, but not monetizing. And 
it's going to improve the client experience because now they're getting better, better resumes submitted on their job board. So now companies are happy because now they have quality talent they can hire from. Job boards happy because they're making more money and they're improving their client experience for both parties. It's a marketplace. Yeah. They got a buyer and a seller. The buyer right now is the job. I mean, the companies, right? Well, no. The buyer will be the job, uh, the job seekers. The seller will be the companies. Yeah. No, that's far. That's far, far, far. So now that everybody wants in, you got to be yeah, smart for sure. about how much money you take for sure. and all that good stuff. For sure. Um, but you guys are pretty lean. Pretty lean, for sure, man. Yeah. We're, not, we're not, I think we're like 15 deep. Yeah. Max um, and then summer contractors too. So like, I think FTE full time employees are like nine, ten people. Yeah, yeah. But other than that, man, we run this pretty lean team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you mentioned we talked about Tulsa earlier. Yep. How does Tulsa fit into y'all strategy? Yeah, yeah. So a, t- a part of our deal with Atenso, since they're headquartered out there, we have to move to Tulsa. Uh, I think for at least a year. And Tulsa's doing some amazing things right now. I was just out there for about um, twelve days. Yeah. And it's I thought it was gonna be like dead. It's actually pretty pretty straight. Like in my opinion, of course it's not like in Atlanta or Miami, but I can see it being the next Austin, Texas, um, within the next five, 10 years, man. Um, real estate is very cheap out there. I'm trying to buy a crib. You're not finding nothing for $250,000, five minutes from the city. I don't think anywhere else for real. Yeah. That's, that has a thriving city. Like it's people out there. Nightlife was led. Black Wall Street is out there. They're trying to build, you know, put more black people in Tulsa, get more people to move out there. They have a program called Tulsa Remote. So anybody working remote that sees this, you can go to, I think it's TulsaRemote.com. You'll get $10,000 to move out to Tulsa, um, which is probably a, a year's worth of rent in Tulsa right now, which is crazy for a one-bedroom. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, man, Tulsa, I think, is going to be a phenomenal place for us to just really focus. Yeah. Atlanta has a lot of distractions. New York has a lot of distractions. So us being there and then everybody there want to see us win. You know what I mean? The energy is just crazy, bro. Like, Ricey boys in town. You know what I mean? Like, okay. that's, right. that's, that's, how, that's how, that's the energy right now, man. You walk so, in with the drip, they know what yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, man. Got the drip, <laughs> got the drip on, man. Yeah. Got the man. But, uh, but yeah, man, it's, Tulsa's a good vibe. Um, everybody want to see us win, man. And this is a part of our deal that we got to move out there. So, um, we're looking forward to it, man, and just building a tech startup. Awesome, man. So when it comes to the next steps of the tech startup ride, what are you the most excited about? Yeah, man. Launching these deal with Managed Career Services. So we got our first deal launching actually by the end of the February. So I got a lot of work to do in the next two weeks. But yeah, <laughs> but yeah man. First deal launching with my Managed Career Services. So we partnered with a job board. Not can't disclose the job board or anything like that. But um, but yeah, we got a big job board we partner with and they're looking to looking to go crazy, man. So looking to launch that and testing out the waters and making sure that we can deliver on the things we promised to our investors. Um, but we got the team in place, everybody in place, everybody doing their, doing their thing. So um, I'm very excited to see it go crazy. Yeah, man. Yeah. So there's so much that we could talk about. We could talk for another two or three hours. Oh, God, We're going to yeah. have to you know, probably do this over again. But, you know, like I said, mindset is something that I really want people to understand yep. that you didn't get here by mistake. And you've sure. said a lot of the things throughout this interview. But when it comes to startups, founders specifically, yep. um, like what is some of the biggest advice you can give people in terms of how you show up and then how you execute? Yeah, man. I think just being a man of your word. Um, I think it's very, very key. And then having a story like at the, at the end of the day, investors are people. Everybody buys into stories, man. Like, of course, people make decisions off emotions, then back it up with logic. 
right? So that's where you got the that's where you put the story first in the pitch deck, and then you got the the forecasting and revenue at the end, right? Yeah, it's it's all it's all marketing at the end of the day. Like how is how can you draw somebody in? I probably won't get your attention unless I put in a story format. I gotta make you feel feel away first. I gotta I gotta I gotta get you. I gotta I gotta wrap you in, and once I do that. Then I can go down to what the business is, how we generate revenue, what's the forecasting projections. But first, you got to care about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you don't care about it, it's not going to work. Yeah. So focus on crafting that story, mastering your craft with your story as a founder, co-founder, whatever the case may be. Have a good pitch deck. Don't make it too long. Um, get, get to the point. Like everybody's time is limited and people don't like to read no more anyway. Right. So make it make it to the point. Um Share your numbers, share your traction, tell them where you're going, why should they invest in you, talk about the team. Because at the end of the day, business is people, systems, and processes. And that's the three components that all investors are looking at when they're looking at your business. So dial in your people because those people are going to be building the systems and documenting the processes to help you all build a billion-dollar empire. That's a mic drop right there, boy. <laughs> you feel me? All right. Yes, sir. Well, uh, man, that's that big tech energy, bro. You're electric. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, yes, man, sir, man. I feel it, brother. I'm excited for you, bro. I'm excited for you. And, I'm excited um, for you, too, bro. You know, your team are good people, too. Like, at the end of the day, like, yep. surround yourself with good people. Yes. The fact yes. that your competitor was willing to give you the keys to his success and vice yep. versa. Yep. Facts. The fact y'all are collaborating now and y'all are going to make, like, life-changing money, it makes so, sense. So, so uh, before we go, I want people to know how they can get in touch with you yep. and then also, you know, share more about Rightsy yep. uh, and how you know your potential clients can uh, get in touch with you with yep. that most definitely man so yeah connect with me on LinkedIn uh, it's just Leander Howard the second so it's L-E-A-N-D-E-R H-O-W-A-R-D and then two I's so the suffix is two I's and then Instagram is Leander Howard the second as well uh, Rightsy you can go to rightsy.com it's W-R-I-T-E-S-E-A dot com and we're all in one business solution for freelance writers, coaches, and teams. So we do have a SaaS component as well. So we have a customer relationship management tool. So think of everything, sales marketing, email marketing, text message marketing, hosting your courses, uh, building a website, landing pages, funnels, all that good stuff. And then we also have an order management system so you can manage your customers once they purchase. So we integrate with Stripe. So you have like custom checkout links. Um, you can upload, download documents. We got a chat feature, contracts embedded, um, questionnaires are in there, forms, all that good stuff. So, and it's white label. So nobody will ever know using Ricey, which is pretty dope. Nice. Um, but yeah, check us out and follow us on Instagram at, um, I think it's D Ricey and then connect with us on LinkedIn. All right. Bet, yep. bet, bet. Well, I appreciate you, brother. No doubt, man. And uh, thank you to all the listeners that have been tuning in today. Again, this is Big Tech Energy. All right. And um, one thing that I'm partnered with is a company called BlackHire.com. So I want to make sure that black freelancers have an abundance and overwhelming amount of opportunities uh, to make significant money in the freelance space. So if you are a freelancer, put your profile on BlackHire.com. And if you are someone looking for talent, and especially looking to support black freelancers, you know, go to Upwork, go to Fire but throw your stuff on blackhire.com you're gonna have a lot of quality talent out there uh, and you can increase the diversity on your team Uh, also if you want to connect with me on social media you can go to direct.me forward slash big tech energy and where you can find my linkedin my twitter my tiktok my instagram and definitely make sure you subscribe to the youtube uh like comment share and um yeah um 
Big Tech Energy website coming soon too. Put in the email, get a free ebook. Uh, but I'll have all that information in the caption. And uh, Spotify, Apple, please subscribe as well. So with that being said, I appreciate Leander. I appreciate you, the listener. Um, definitely share this podcast with your people. Let them know that we got some real inspiration and more importantly, real tactical knowledge uh, to provide on this podcast. And uh, we will see you in the next episode. Big Tech Energy, we're out. Let's get it. Uh, membership in black and hr means community and being a part of a culture of like-minded individuals um you have a culture within a culture especially in the black community and black and hr is that professional culture we have fun we laugh and joke about things that are related to us in the workplace but we also have serious aspects as well where we help each other grow um, and it's just one of those places where I can go to any time of the day, pose a question, and I'm gonna get all type of answers, but I'm gonna get support. Um, and we all work together to give advice, to give insight, um, to share tips. Um, the networking is amazing. The people that I've spoken to have allowed me to learn things about myself that I didn't know. Um, so what does that do? When I go to my next interview, I have that confidence uh, when I walk in to be able to explain and, and speak on what I've done in the past and, and prove that I am the person for the job.